Podcast land, what is going on? It is Lee, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. You call the Ghostbusters because they ain't control motherfucking money. Back with you yet again for another Money's Crazy Mind bonus episode. Wrapping up a week that has been nothing but extraordinary, nothing but amazing. I want to thank Sony Pictures, Jason Reitman, Gil Kanan, Everybody involved at Ghost Corp for an amazing Ghostbusters day. I just broke down all of the announcements that we are getting uh, this year for Ghostbusters day. Beyond excited for everything. You know, and what a time to be alive as a Ghostbusters fan. Never would I think in, I'm only 37, I'll be 38 in November But never did I think that 38 years later that I would still be as active and involved with the Ghostbusters as I am today. And I'm not saying that because I'm a member of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. I'm not saying that because I never... I never planned on putting a flight suit on. I mean, who plans on putting a flight suit on? I mean... You know, but I do it. I love it. I'm just talking about as a fan. I mean, obviously, I had, you know, nostalgia goggles and everything like that at the movie theater when I went to see Ghostbusters Afterlife. And, you know, all it it made it just that much more special that I got to see it on my birthday. And, you know, I got to see the, the very first time I saw the movie, I got to see it with my mom. You know, and my mom made me a fan. My mom you know, took me to go see Ghostbusters 2 when I was a four or five year old little kid. And, you know, I never got to pay my mom back. And then finally, here we are, you know, 35 years after the release of Ghostbusters Afterlife, or I'm sorry, Ghostbusters 2, where I finally got the chance to thank her. And I know I've said that time and time again, on my show here in these bonus episodes, and, and everything like that. But it's important you know and then on the actual my and then you know the actual release date november 19th my birthday i got to see the movie with my wife um and my sister and my sister's girlfriend you know and and that made it very special too and you know just the fact that i got to see the movie the night before with all my brothers in slime the members of the northeast ohio ghostbusters and my mom and then to, to have the moment where I got to sit there during key moments of the movie and then look over at my wife and my sister and her girlfriend and see them react in very similar but still very emotional ways to some of the very deep cuts 
that are in that that movie you know it, it made it that much more special and to see my wife openly crying at the end of the movie when they reveal certain a certain moment if you haven't seen ghostbusters afterlife i don't want to ruin it for you but i do recommend this movie very very highly and i i've said this in the past too but i'll reiterate it again my sister's girlfriend has never seen a ghostbusters movie or had never seen a ghostbusters movie going into the release of afterlife and um for her to have the exact same emotional reaction and for her to emote the same way as a 37-year-old who has lived with this franchise every day of his life just made the movie for me. And for her to sit there and say, I've never seen Ghostbusters 1, I've never seen Ghostbusters 2, I've never seen Answer the Call, but I felt everything that was happening in this movie... And for her to go in 100% blind and for her to say, I was able to understand the movie from the beginning to the end. I understood exactly everything that was going on. They set it up perfectly for somebody who has never seen the movie to enjoy it. That, to me, meant more than anything that happened throughout that entire movie. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. So to hear that they are putting that much attention into keeping the Spengler family story alive in this next film that we're going to be getting codenamed firehouse. I, I, I can't express in words and I, and I think it's coming through with, with the way that I'm talking and everything, just how important to me that that specific thing is going to keep going. And there's a lot of rumors flying around that that Jason had ideas of bringing Vigo back and all this other stuff. I, I really hope that that doesn't happen. We all saw the end of Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Jason made it a point to bring that up. That the, one of the very last things we see in Ghostbusters Afterlife is the Ecto-1 hauling ass back to Manhattan, back to Hook and Ladder 8, back home. Again, goosebumps are shooting through my body right now just mentioning that moment. And that that's where Ghostbusters needed to go next was home. We all saw what happened after that. You know, if you've seen the movie, I don't want to spoil too much. I, I gave a little bit more away than I would have just mentioning the, that end scene. But it's important to, to the narrative that I'm telling here. Um, I'm sorry. It's one o'clock in the damn morning after shooting my show and... Um, you know, I'm trying to put all my thoughts together, but I'm also trying not to cry, uh, you know, talking about this stuff, but to know that, that, that this story is going to continue and it's going to continue to be the story of the Spengler family 
that's the proper way the story needs to go. I'm hoping for a brand new villain. I'm hoping for brand new everything. The nostalgia was cool for Ghostbusters Afterlife. It was needed for Ghostbusters Afterlife. But we're moving on now. We have a completely brand new team. And Trevor, Phoebe, Podcast, and Lucky. Mr. Gruberson, obviously Callie's going to be involved in some way. You know, and I want this to be the final appearance of Dan, Ernie, and Bill if Bill comes back. I think it's it's more than obvious that Dan and Ernie are coming back. You know, somebody has to train these kids in the proper way of being Ghostbusters. Not saying that they didn't do a damn good job by themselves from what we saw in Afterlife and Phoebe having a little bit of help from from her grandfather, but I want I want these kids to get the full proper training. Who better to train them than Ray and Egon? The, the sex appeal, as Ernie would say, and the heart of the Ghostbusters. And um, it, <laughs> I, I'm just super excited. And I'm hoping that the future is as bright as I'm making it out to be in my head. I have full faith in Jason. I have full faith in Gil Kanan. Afterlife was amazing. You know, they have the new writing team coming in to do the animated feature film and Jason said it himself, they're ghostbusters during the event. And I trust Jay. Like I said, I trust Jason. Um, it's very sad. And here's where I'm probably going to cry. It's very sad that Ivan isn't here to see this. A lot of these projects that they announced uh, at Ghostbusters Day were pet projects of Ivan. They were they they were things that he wanted done. They were things that he wanted to see. The animated movie being one of them, the TV show at Netflix, the animated cartoon being the other. And um, I'm just glad that Ghost Corp and Sony is honoring what Ivan wanted. Um, and I know he's going to be watching down from, from heaven, seeing these projects come to life and, and, you know, probably help Jason joked during the event. Uh, I didn't bring this up on my show, but, uh, Jason joked during the event that even though his dad is not physically here, he's still going to find ways to give him and Gil notes. Um, and, and that meant a lot, you know. It meant a lot hearing that, knowing that Jason knows that his dad is going to be watching him at all times. And when I was talking to my wife about everything that was getting revealed, you guys can hear I'm, I'm tearing up a little bit. Um, uh, about everything that got revealed um, at the event, she asked a question and um it, it, it was a question that needed to be asked you know and especially for somebody that didn't watch the live event being my wife um you know it, it was a question that that you know i i welcomed and the very first question she asked when i told her about the the you know firehouse and the animated movie and the cartoon was is dan going to be involved in all of this well, that's a question with an answer as simple as, are you a god? 
uh, if you're being asked by Gozer the Gozerian or any demigod for that matter, yes. Nothing can happen at Sony Ghost Corp without the approval of Dan Aykroyd. Dan has final say in everything, just like Ivan Reitman did. They are the keepers of this franchise. So even though there was a lot of backdoor bullshit that happened in getting the reboot done, Dan still had to sign off on that. And I'm sure they probably strong-armed him for some of it. We'll probably never get that answer from Dan just because of the kind of guy that Dan is. But... You could tell when that movie first came out, he was cringing when he was talking about a lot of the things that happened with that. And now, now that it's a flop, now that those NDAs that the that the original cast and Ivan Reitman was put under have been nullified because of the backdoor bullshit that happened, Dan has a completely take on a different take on that movie. And I can't blame Dan for being angry about it because it's like, here I am, the guy that invented this whole fucking thing, and I've had to lie to fans for four years about it. I'm talking 2020 when it was announced that Ghostbusters Afterlife was happening. But this animated movie, it's going to be a completely brand new team. But the writers, you know, like Jason said, they are Ghostbusters. They love this franchise. They love everything about it. It's going to be canonical, um, even though it's going to be a completely brand new team. I'm cool with it. If it's canonical and Jason and Gill are behind it, sign me up. I'm good to go. Uh, The Netflix series is going to be canonical to the original story. And here's what I'm going to say. It's going to be an unpopular take, and I'm sure some people in my franchise are going to hate me for saying this. And fuck you if you guys do, uh, by the way. And this is Money's Crazy Mind. This isn't Slime Square. I can say whatever the fuck I want. But uh, if, if they can do it right and they find a way to bring the characters from Answer the Call in to this new Ghostbusters world that we are in, I welcome it, but do it right. Don't just sit there and try to make the... Okay, and let me just say this, all right? I follow a lot of Ghostbuster fan groups on Facebook, obviously. If you thought that the quote-unquote misogynistic male man-hating fans were bad during the release of the of the reboot, which, by the way, that was all Sony bullshit. Or I shouldn't even say Sony bullshit. It was Amy Pascal, the woman who was in charge of Sony at the time, bullshit. You should see the way that the fans of the Answer the Call movie act. I've mentioned this before on the show when I talked about, you know, is an inclusive culture exclusive because of of the way that certain things are acting. And this is a huge part of it. The fans of Answer the Call, still, to this day, five fucking years later, actually almost six years later, still act 
as though anybody in the fandom that did not like the movie, which there are more of us that didn't than did, are still misogynistic man pigs. When we can explain nine million reasons other than the fact that the cast was fucking female as to why we hated the movie. My my reason for hating it, I'll 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 admit it. The writing was piss poor at best. It ignored a lot of the key things that made Ghostbusters Ghostbusters. And if I wanted to see a two-hour dick and fart joke, Kevin Smith has that on lock. I don't need to see it from Paul fucking Feek. And on top of that, and you know, if anybody likes his movies, that's fine. I hate his movies. I do not like any movie the man has ever done. The second I saw he was involved in Ghostbusters 2016, I said, I'm out. I'm out. Don't even don't even get me a free ticket. I'm out. Screw Paul Feig. Your movies suck. And it had nothing to do with a female cast. I just thought the movie was written poorly. And when you read a lot of the information that came out about the truth behind how that movie got made, you'll understand my feelings towards this. Again, backhanded backdoor crap that happened mainly between Amy and Paul. And, you know, well, if the original Ghostbusters people don't want to be involved, then they don't need to be involved. But here's my idea. We'll completely reboot everything. Fuck what happened in 84. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yada, yada, yada. I'm going to make Bridesmaids Ghostbusters edition. And that's basically what the movie was. But the other thing that I didn't like about the movie, and I did see the movie. I eventually did see it. My wife wanted to see it. Um, you know, she's like, it's Ghostbusters. Give it a chance. Well, it wasn't Ghostbusters. It said Ghostbusters, but it was not Ghostbusters. Again, like I said, if I want to see a two hour dick and fart joke, I'll watch a Kevin Smith movie. But the other thing that really pissed me off about the movie was, you know, they made such a big deal about feminine equality that they completely erased male equality. Every character that had a dick in that movie was dumber than Beavis and fucking Butthead. Okay? And obviously, for people my age, those are two dumb motherfuckers. Love that show. Can't wait for the new movie. But Beavis and Butthead are dumber than a box of rocks. Nobody could deny that. So, watching this movie... And seeing how dumb they made the character of Kevin, for one. And then for two, the mayor of New York couldn't get anything right without a set of tits telling him what to do. And the, the cameos. The cameo, the, the strike three right there. The cameos of the original characters were garbage. And Bill got exactly what he wanted. He got killed five minutes into an appearance in a Ghostbusters movie. Congratulations, Bill Murray. You got what you wanted. You got it out of your system. Dan's cameo was garbage. Ernie's cameo was garbage. Annie Potts's cameo was garbage. Don't even get me started on the fact that Sigourney Weaver didn't even make an appearance until the end credits. 
And the same thing happened in Afterlife, and I was mad about that, too. But, yeah, I mean, so there you go. Those are the reasons I did not like Ghostbusters 2016. And I would have never seen the movie if my wife didn't want to see it. Period. And I'll tell you what my wife says. It sucks. It's not Ghostbusters. If she was here, I'd ever tell you. So, the fact that we have all of this stuff coming out, and I'm looking forward to the comic books, too, because they say the comic books are going to be canonical. You know, I mentioned it on the show, not happy that with the fact that they're moving from IDW to, to Dark Horse. Um, but maybe we'll get to see some cool crossovers there, too. Dark Horse owns Alien, Predator, and a few other pretty big-name titles. So we might get to see some crossovers like we saw with... Um, with IDW, with Eric Bainham working on those, uh, you know, and being a part of the IDW family and, um, you know, his work on Ninja Turtles and all of that as well, you know, tied into that. But hopefully we'll get to see some crossovers there. Hopefully Eric Burnham and the, the team that worked on the IDW comic book will be moving over to Dark Horse. I mean, that's the only thing that I, I, I could really hope for at this point is to get more stories from those guys. But... We'll see what happens. Not a lot of information about that yet. Hopefully we'll be getting more on that move from IDW to Dark Horse soon. But other than that, you know, I mean, I I talked about the pack updates on the on the actual show. Um I talked about the Ivan Reitman figures on both the bonus episode that aired the day of the show and also on the show um, talked about Ivan Reitman way talked about all that stuff, you know, but just all, all together, you know, this ghostbusters day has been amazing and I'm looking very forward to the future. Did not expect to spend as much time on the 2016 movie as I did, but at least my thoughts are finally out there on it. And, you know, I'll, like I said, I'll deep dive into, into the emails and everything like that, that led to a lot of these decisions coming out but next week on money's crazy mind i don't know what i'm doing yet and i normally don't i normally don't until maybe like three or four days before the show maybe even two days before the show i'm very south park when it comes to the way that i handle money's crazy mind three days to air but let's talk about the other topic that we talked about tonight on the show and that was the mass shooting that happened in a McDonald's in 1984 that killed 21 people, men, women, children, and the shooter himself. I was very weary mentioning this. I mean, th this has been an episode that's been in my mind for a couple weeks. And the school shooting in Texas obviously made me second guess it, but... I decided, you know, uh, another show on Redline Radio, Sugar and Spice, was going to be talking about mass shootings. Uh, our, our brand new show uh, that's on Friday nights at 5 o'clock, uh, Unite for Change, uh, it was talking about school shootings. I said, what the hell? I'll just keep doing it. You know, uh, it, it's theme week on Redline Radio, apparently. Uh, even the Great Bape talked about some stuff about that on his show, too. Uh, the Grapevine, which is right before mine. 
but it brought a lot of things into perspective for me. For me, the very first mass shooting I ever remember happening was Columbine. And obviously, I wasn't even born yet when this shooting happened in 1984. But to see that a catastrophic event like that happened long before Columbine, long before Sandy Hook, long before any of that um, was happening. It brought a lot of things into perspective and, you know, that this is not a today problem. This has been a forever problem. And my, my, It's so hard to put into words what I want to say. And I'm afraid that if I say what I want to say, it's going to come out wrong. So I'm being very careful. And you know, but but hearing the story from the man responsible for the sh- shooting, hearing what is what he said to his wife, you know, just days before hearing what he said to his wife as he was walking out the door to go to the fucking McDonald's. That, to me, is what raises the biggest eyebrow about this whole thing. He told his wife he was going hunting for humans, and his wife didn't immediately pick up the phone and call the police and say, um, you might want to check on my husband because he said he's about to shoot people. You know, this isn't the first time I've even said that. You know, I know we've talked about this many, many times before. If it wasn't on my show, it was on Sugar and Spice or it was on, you know, another show where I butted in and I'm just like, you know, where was the parents? Where was the spouse? Where was this person? Where was that person? You know, and it it just seems like in situations like this. Now, think about this, if we can, for just one minute, okay? We live in a world where somebody can pick up a fucking phone, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, go on Instagram, go on Snapchat, go on whatever social media platform they belong to and say, I'm going to go kill a bunch of motherfuckers. And people still won't report the shit to the people that it needs to get reported to. I'm trying not to get that heated because I have new neighbors and I don't need me to have the cops called on me in season two just like I did in season fucking one. But it just boggles my mind. And then in 1984, all right, so we, we mentioned it when we were talking about it. Two days before this guy decided to go shoot up 21 people in a McDonald's. He called a psychiatrist. He called a mental institution and said, I'm having crazy ass fucking thoughts. And they said, well, he sounds lucid. He sounds sane. So he's not a high priority. We're going to hang up on his ass and put him on the bottom of the pile. And look what happened because they did. But then you have wifey who heard him say, I'm hunting humans didn't fucking call the San Diego Police Department and say, hi, my husband's about to go kill people. Really? Really? So for people to think, you know, and I understand it. She she was not standing in the building while her husband was emptying clips. I understand that. But the fact that she had knowledge, or at least had an ankling of knowledge, 
that her husband was about to do something entirely fucking stupid that's going to cost people their lives and said nothing, in my opinion, makes her just as guilty. Just like anybody in today's society that doesn't report to the proper authorities of things that were being posted on social media. Now, if this guy that really did shoot up this school in Texas really did post on Facebook, I'm going to kill my grandma and then go shoot up a school and nobody reported it. Supposedly, he live streamed killing his grandmother. And all Facebook did was take the goddamn video down. They didn't sit there and go, gee, let's geotrack this. Let's see where this guy is and let's call some authorities. Maybe we could have saved grandma's life. And now there's people out there that think that grandma may not have even existed. I do believe in false flags. I do believe in crisis actors. I do believe in all of that because we've seen it. There is documented evidence that this stuff does happen. So do I think Grape is crazy in some of the shit he says on Redline Radio? Absolutely. But there are some things that I have personally seen with my own eyes that make me sit there and wonder. And the biggest question that I have left is now here we are 38 years later, almost 38 years to the day of this shooting that happened in San Diego at a McDonald's. And we still have the same problem. It's damn clear that guns are not the problem. It's the people who own them that have the problem. Now, some of it might be mental health, as it was with this guy, because he he openly admitted it. Some of it might just be they're crazy and want to see the world burn. They might be the Joker, the real-life incantation of the Joker. Some of it might be revenge. Some of it might be personal. But the fact of the matter is, is that I guarantee at some point or another, each and every single one of these people that have caused these atrocities, and I I can almost guarantee it, if we go back through the history of every shooting that happened, every single one of them, that somebody reached out and said i need help or i need to talk to somebody and there either wasn't somebody on the other end of the phone or just had their ears closed and pretended to listen it happened with columbine it happened with virginia tech and it definitely happened here in the story that we talked about on my show this week 38 years ago in california So I guess my bottom thought is my final thought on this week of entertainment is if you have a friend reach out to you and say, I need to talk, actually listen. It saved my life and it might just save the lives, not only of the person who's reaching out for help, but the people around them. 
Now, who knows what an 18-year-old person was trying to do going into an elementary school and causing the kind of havoc he was causing, but it happened. A lot of people say it might have been cover-up for his grandma, but we'll never know. And that's the other issue. And I understand that de-escalating situations like this cause, cause for extreme measures. But we'll never get the true story behind a lot of these situations as long as these these gunmen are being taken out either by suicide, by cop, which is the only thing that you can call that if the policeman has to put them down, or suicide by self, as was the case in Columbine. But all I'm asking is that every person out there that watches this show live on Friday nights, listens to the show when I post it, listens to these bonus episodes, or hell, even listens to Money's Crazy Soundtrack where I don't get that much time to talk. By the way, you can hear Money's Crazy Soundtrack Thursday nights from 10 p.m. to 12 p.m. exclusively on Redline Radio LLC.com and the Redline Radio LLC Android app. iPhone coming soon. But that's all I got to say on, on on all of this. And we're going to wrap it up for this week. Next week, stay tuned for to the Money's Crazy Mind Facebook page and the Redline Radio LLC Facebook page for updates on what is going to be happening only not only on Money's Crazy Mind, but on Money's Crazy Soundtrack as well. I kind of have something in the works for Money's Crazy Soundtrack. But Money's Crazy Mind, who knows where that's going to go. And that's the beauty of that show, and that's why it has the name it has, is I never know what I'm going to talk about week by week. I could put shit, you know, in the gray matter and sit there and say, we'll get to it eventually. And there's a lot of stuff back there. But we'll see what events the week brings uh, to see what's going to happen next week on Money's Crazy Mind. Until then, everybody, be kind to yourselves, be kind to each other's, and be that ear for somebody. We did the Slime Square Open because we were talking about Ghostbusters Day News first, but I think we're going to go out to an oldie but a goodie. The theme song from Season 1, Funny Bone. So until next Friday night, everybody, or Thursday night, on Money's Crazy Soundtrack. Have a week. Something funny, made for you to laugh at. You're destroying America. Whoa.